Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening, or night, good people of Radio Sega. I am Skyblaze, and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Uh, thank you so much to KC for hosting... Well, it wouldn't be the Manic Monday, would it? Wacky Wednesday, I think you were calling it? Uh, anyway, great show, as always. Uh, it's a bit weird uh, having you to lead in from. Because back when I first started the show, I used to have... Uh, I Need Fruit and Club Sega as a lead-in, but this is a bit different. So hello to everybody who was around for Casey's show and just randomly stuck around to listen to The Hidden Palace. Uh, I am going to be talking about facts, trivia, weird stuff that I happen to find interesting. Returning to a topic that I've covered a little bit before, I'm today going to be talking peripherals specifically peripherals that are for Sega consoles, because this is Radio Sega after all. So expect some slight musical oddities as I'm discussing hardware, so I'm having to be a bit creative to find music that actually matches it. Anyway, uh, with the first item, um, one of the more interesting pieces of hardware that features on today's show, the Capcom Soldier Pad. Um, it was released by Capcom and was designed specifically for the various versions of Street Fighter 2 that appeared on consoles. It has a really odd design. Uh, it's supposedly quite ergonomic because the left part of the controller is moulded to fit your hand and then the right side is arranged as if you're holding an arcade controller so it's, it's oddly kind of asymmetrical. So one, one side kind of like pokes up towards you, if you're holding it in your hand, one side, the, one, the left side where the cross pad is kind of faces you and the other side is flat. So you have to use the right side where the buttons are kind of piano style. It's really weird. Uh, I've actually got an image for the people who are in uh, Discord chat. So yeah, uh, people who are in the Discord chat can actually see what that looks like, and it looks really weird. People must have realised that the thing was really, really weird, because it wasn't in wide use. Even after Capcom started offering it free with console bundles. Uh, but not with console bundles, with game bundles. Sorry, it's been a long day. So this controller was also released for the 3DO and bizarrely the NES. NES. I, I don't know why, that's a bit weird. So yeah, for the guys in the Discord chat, take a look at that and uh, see what you think. And I'm going to use this excuse to play some music from uh, Street Fighter, because this pad was designed for Street Fighter. So, from Retro Remix Revu, Street Fighter 2, Guile's theme. See you after the break, guys.
we are back. And that was Sixto Sounds made in the USA, Ken Stage, which of course is from our friends over at OC Remix. And before that it was Retro Remix, Revu Street Fighter 2 Guile's theme. A remix, obviously. I really like those two, I think they're really great remixes. Um, check out uh, the work that OC Remix have done for the Street Fighter series actually. Their Blood on the Asphalt album is really good, as is the work that they did on one of the Street Fighter Turbo games, I forget which, because I have the memory of a goldfish! Uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Remix, I think? Anyway, uh, back to what I was talking about. Way back in the 90s, um, back when the Mega Drive and Super Nintendo were still new, I had a device which was built for me by my father that would allow me to change which console I was currently using uh, because they all plugged into the R uh, into RF ports at that point but I could change which console I was using just by switching the right one on. I didn't have to change any cables on the back of the TV, I didn't have to do anything other than turn the console that I currently wanted to use on. All of my friends thought this was really awesome. It was basically an RS splitter, but they didn't know that. Um, so, what if you could do a similar things with the games on your Mega Drive? What if you did not have to remove your backside from your nice comfortable chair, and you could just cycle through which game, uh, a whole bunch of games to decide which one you want to play today? You know, similar to how the uh, CD changer in your car would work. Well, with the Demo Systems DS16 6 cart changer, you actually could. You could set up six of your favourite games, plug the adapter into the cartridge slot on the Mega Drive, and with a little palm grip button, you know, like uh, you get a presentations to change the slides on PowerPoint presentations or you see TV weather people using you could switch between each game that you've put in. Obviously this thing was actually supposed to be for um, Mr. Wonderman's asking if the Mega Drive was still new in the early 90s. It was to me and it was uh, in my bit of the UK. Bearing in mind that I grew up in a bit of the UK that was not particularly wealthy. Um, but yeah, this thing, this changer was actually des designed for shops so they could change whichever games were currently on display. I think there was some sort of idea to have it in arcades as well but it never really worked out. For obvious reasons, I'm sure you can figure that one out for yourself. It's still pretty cool though, uh, the idea of just plugging in a whole bunch of cartridges and going, I want to play that one. Roll a six-sided dice and decide which game you're going to play today. That would be quite fun at parties, actually. Yeah, Rexy's saying Billy Elliot proved that the North Northeast and the Tories do not get along. No kidding! <sighs> Dawn's saying, Skyblaze, did you sneeze and buy all the other things? Do not resurrect that meme! You and I will have words. <laughs> no, I am not explaining. I'm going to put some music on instead. So, since it's talking about the Mega Drive, I'm going to play some uh, music I really like from the Mega Drive because this is my show and Nana's to you all. Uh, so, from Sonic 3, one of my favourite tracks from Sonic 3 and got stuck in my head for months after the game first came out, Angel Island Zone. See you guys after the break.
to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. when you miss the end of the music track <laughs> sorry about that right that was sonic 2 death egg zone the one that everybody always skips past because uh, you've got to go to the boss fight and then the music changes uh there was an amusing comic where um robotnik's talking to one of his robots is like what why is he just standing there i, I think he's listening to the music dr robotnik <laughs> which i thought was quite good um and before that, it was Sonic 3, Angel Island Zone. I really love that um, that track. Uh, when Sonic 3 first came out, I had it stuck in my head for weeks. I kept wandering all over the house, humming it, driving my parents insane. It was great. Ah, uh, yes. Um, Mr. Wonderman, Jamie's telling me off for having wrong labels in my music again. I have over 60 gigs worth of music. I was a professional DJ for a while. Uh, so I am not trolling through all of it to try and find errant labels. It's just not going to happen. And yeah, the entire Skyblaze squad has shown up tonight, uh, says Viper. That's because the um, role-playing... Uh, group that is usually held on a Wednesday night is not on tonight. They've broken up for Easter break because it's held at the university. So, here they are, for lack of anything better to do, I guess. Hello, guys. Hello, Nova. Hello, Doan. Hello, husband, who is currently in the bedroom, probably half asleep. Uh, <laughs> back to the actual topic, sort of. So, there's an age-old question along the lines of why do hot dog buns come in packs of eight and hot dog, uh, actual hot dogs in uh, tins of ten? A similar question can be posed for Saturn users when you look at the Saturn Bomberman game. So, if the game can support up to ten players at once, why do I need two multiplayer adapters? That's because the Saturn multi-tap adapter only had six player support. That's why. So you need two of them in order to actually let everyone play the game. Which is ludicrous. Anyway, 
So, there we go, Saturn 6 port multi adapter. What, 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 why? Uh, I don't know. So, back in the day, before wireless technology was actually any good, um, if you wanted to play a game with somebody who also had the same handheld console as you, for example, one of the original Game Boys, or Game Boy Color, or Game Boy Advance, you would need a link cable. Um, it turns out that for some bonkers reason, if you were very rich, you could link two Dreamcasts together in the same way with a link cable. I don't know why you would want to do this. There weren't that many games that actually supported the functionality of it. And, and considering that the Dreamcast actually had online functionality, which is the sort of thing that's supposed to make link cables obsolete... It, it, well, what was Sega thinking? The link cable never actually made it outside of Japan. Probably with very good reason, because who would do this? But there were a couple of games that did actually use this particular functionality. Um, Virtual On, Ferrari F355, Aerodancing F&I, which apparently are flight simulators. I've not come across them before, but flight simulators apparently. And Sega Tetris. No, not that one. Not the very expensive one. The Dreamcast one. So, Mr. Wonderman's asking if the uh, Dreamcast had link cable support? Yes, it did! Uh, I was surprised as well. Um, Rex is asking if there was a Micro Machines uh, game that had a huge multiplayer component that ha with linking two Mega Drives. Uh, not to my knowledge, there was a Micro Machines Turbo Tournament um, came with the what they call the J-Cart that had the two extra um, controller ports on it and you could plug extra controllers into that and it was possible to have up to eight players playing at once but you had to share a controller so it was two people on each controller bonkers completely bonkers uh, Mr Wonderman's now saying about the Turbo Tournament yeah because obviously he's slightly behind I have actually done the eight players thing, two on each controller. It's loads of fun. It's completely mad. Uh, it's great fun if you're at parties and um, if you've had something to drink. Anyway, so on that note, let's have some more music. So, considering I was talking about Saturn Bomberman for the uh, six-port multiplayer adapter, let's have some music from Saturn Bomberman. I think that's a good idea. And I'll see you guys after the break.
we are back. And that was Fade to Black from Virtual On, and prior to that it was Samurai World from Saturn Bomberman. So I hope you enjoyed those. Um, Fade to Black's a great track. Um, the Saturn Bomberman soundtrack is actually surprisingly good. It's, uh, it's quite chill. It's quite nice. Anyway, back to uh, talking about weird controllers again. If you fancy a good laugh, um, or if you're in the chat where I will be uh, posting this next one, if you look up the Panther DC controller, if you're not in the chat or you're listening to the show after the fact, if you've ever wondered what a high-speed collision between a flight controller and a trackball mouse, uh, this is it. <laughs> what is this? What is it? It claims to help playing fl uh, enhance playing flight simulators as well as FPS games like Quake 3 Arena and Soldier of Fortune, which I have covered in a previous episode. And uh, uh, Kiss Psycho Circus? What? Uh. Anyway, for those who can't see the picture, it's um, it has a, a flight stick on the right hand side and a weird trackball mousey thing on the left hand side. I don't know how you're meant to use this. What is it for? It claims that it has 16 action buttons. But as far as anybody can tell, none of them are used all at the same time on any game that it's been tried with. And finally, on the, uh, on the underside of the controller, there's a, a, a switch that moves it between standard and panther mode, in inverted commas, which apparently adjusts the button layout. How it adjusts it is not clear. But apparently it does, and the fact that it stays like standard and panther, which is completely meaningless, is really bizarre. One final oddity on this controller is that when you actually plug the damn thing in, there is a blue LED that lights up underneath the kind of semi-transparent trackball. Yeah, okay, that's kind of cool, but other than that, what is this thing for? Yeah, Rex is saying if Marble Madness ever had a shooting minigame, this is the controller that you need. <laughs> good one. Uh, Viper's saying that it's good for playing Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, at least. Um, I guess? I guess so. I don't even know. Okay, fair enough. Right, sticking with the bizarre controllers, I'll put a, another picture up in the chat for people to marvel at. Is the ZeroTech SS controller. Uh, which is another bizarre thing. Uh, have you ever had those um, remote controlled cars where you get a trigger for the accelerator and a little wheel that's on the side that you steer the thing with? Remember how it made things really impossible to actually control? Well, apparently the creators of this uh, controller didn't. Because they decided that it would be the best idea to control racing games with it. Okay. So instead of just the one trigger to accelerate, you actually got two. One for accelerate, another for the brakes. You know, like on things like All-Stars Racing Transformed, where you've got the triggers to control accelerate and brake. Fair enough, that's by itself. Then all of the remaining buttons are on a single tiny panel that you reach with your left thumb. Okay? That doesn't sound terribly comfortable. And you obviously steer with the little wheel thing. I can't see how this would work terribly well. It'd be good to fool around with, and again, great if you want to give somebody a, um, a handicap if you play if they're that guy at um, a racing game. But yeah, uh, uh, or if you don't, really don't want a steering wheel controller taking up lots of space, I, I guess if you live in a tiny Japanese flat this would be an advantage. Uh, Mr. Wonderman's saying that uh, he wonders if the controller would be good for Revolt. I have absolutely no idea. You'd have to try it. 
Um, but yeah, it's basically an RC car controller for controlling racing games. I don't know who decided that would be a good plan. Anyway, music. Um, I don't know if I'll get away with this one, I probably won't. I'll probably get told off later. Um, since the Panther DC controller was good for controlling FPS games, such as Quake 3 Arena, which did come out on the Dreamcast, I'm going to play some music from Quake 3 Arena, so there. And I'm very quickly going to sign off before I get told off. Enjoy! to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 
and we are back. And that was Magical Sound Shower uh, Remix by RKO Remix. And prior to that it was Quake 3 Arena Song 4. That's what it's labelled as on my system so I don't know what it's actually supposed to be called or if it even has a name. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed those and uh, the chat is doing weird things as usual. That's fine. Uh, no Afterburner um, Outrun meme this week. Clearly the chat's getting tired of that one. Never mind. Hmm. Now, before I go, I should tell you about one last accessory that was pretty useful to people who were using the Sega CD. Or Mega CD, if you prefer. This being the Sega CD backup RAM cart. The cart can hold 16 times more information than the actual Sega CD itself that had a mighty storage capacity of an entire 1 megabit. At its max it can uh, store the, uh, take the memory of up to, six, uh, up to 10 games compared to the Sega CD's 4 games. This could vary depending on the actual size of the save file, obviously some taking up more space than others. A pretty nice feature of the cartridge is that you could transfer saves from between it and the Sega CD memory, kind of like the memory cards and visual memory units from later um, systems where you could transfer the saves from one card to another. Only before then. You get what I mean. So if you wanted to take some important saves with you to a friend's house, then you essentially had a very chunky memory card. Uh, Mr. Wonderman saying that the Afterburner meme is better with Splashwave thanks to PT. Yeah, I know, but still. Now, back to the Sega CD back uh, cut. While the cut is not essential for using the Sega CD, it was required, I've been told. I've not actually tried this myself because I don't own a copy of this game, or a Sega CD backup cut, or a Sega CD for that matter. I should fix that one of these days. The Sega CD backup RAM cart is required to access a hidden area of Shining Force CD that can't be reached any other way. Now I haven't had any chance to look into this any further because I was working very long hours yesterday and today so I've not had much uh, chance to actually properly look into this. But if somebody could confirm that, that would be super cool. Because that sounds awesome. Uh, it's a nice little easter egg though. Oh, there we go. Rexy's done the uh, the afterburner um... Uh, uh, tagging KC for no reason, the worst Porsche, Porsche, porch of geese DJ on Radio Sega. What? Okay. Fair enough. You guys enjoy, I guess. Right, so, if somebody can confirm whether or not the Shining Force CD thing and the uh, Sega CD back at RAM cart is true, I would be very grateful. Uh, otherwise, I will do some more digging and get back to you guys at some other point. When I am less insanely busy with work. Right, thank you everybody who has been around to listen. Thank you for people who have never listened to the show before and were only here because of uh, the lead-in from KC. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. There's not going to be a show next week because I unfortunately do have a funeral to attend. Uh, I will be accepting suggestions for the show that's in two weeks. Uh, as usual, I accept suggestions via Discord, via Twitter, where you can uh, contact me at Blazing Skies on Twitter, or via the Radio Sega forum thread, assuming that you can get into the Radio Sega forum. I understand it's being a bit of a pain lately. So I'm going to play a last couple of tracks and then I'm going to sign off for tonight. So um, from since we're talking about the Sega CD, I'm going to play uh, Zircon's Osu remix of Eternal Champions called Perpetual Motion. Uh, I think that's one of the main, it's the, uh, the story uh, the story theme uh, music. It's, it's a really lovely melancholic track. 
And then to pep things back up again after that, I'm going to play a track from the Temporal Duality uh, Sonic CD album, a track called This Is Madness, which is a remix of Metallic Madness Jap uh, Japanese, uh, by Mainfinger featuring King Tiger and Lady Wildfire. So I hope you have had a good time tonight. I hope you can suggest some topics for me to cover in future. Thank you everybody for listening. I've been Skyblaze, this has been The Hidden Palace. I'm gonna leave you with two blast tracks. Have a good night and take care.
Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. 